Here we are with our third episode of the PF Preview. Um, this week, we really focus on collegiate running, um, being led by the huge, huge, huge news, um, not only to Virginia, not only to the Charlottesville community, but to the Almaro cross-country community. It's the fact that UVA just landed the 2023 NCAA D1 cross-country championships at Panorama Farms, um, which is very, very exciting, and we'll talk about that in detail. Um, we talk about what might seem like a small meet, but a meet being held at um, Oklahoma State in Stillwater, um, who is hosting whatever the next cross-country championships happen. They're hosting that. Um, it's between BYU, the reigning national champions, NAU, who got second last year um, and won the three previous national championships, and Colorado, one of the greatest cross-country programs of all time, who finished third last year, one point behind NAU. We then move on to discuss... Uh, the half marathon world championships, which are happening this weekend in Poland. Um, we don't spend much time with that because of the time we spent um, on the collegiate running scene. And then we jump into the self-indulgent 20-minute rant about the NBA playoffs. Um, so um, we spend about 20 minutes thinking we are NBA podcasters. Um, like always, here's Jay taking it away. Hope you guys enjoy. We're live. Um, we're recording our um, PFP preview number three. All right. PFP, 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 preview. Exactly. Yeah, what Raz said. Nailed it. Okay. Um, so, um, big news today. Um, well, well, well. Not well. only in the cross country national world, but like big in the Charlotte world, big in the UVA world, but really big in our world, as in Panorama. Farms Project or Almar Cross Country. Who wants to share it? What happened? What was announced? Breaking news. Adrian became. No, that's not it. Tell Here us. How's that going to go? NCAA Cross Country Nationals 2023 at Panorama Farms. It's going to be amazing. They announced it today. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, so give us some background on that, guys. Let's talk about it a little bit. So the NCAA goes through like a big kind of like the Super Bowl and um, I don't know any other sporting events where they do this, but they, they decide, uh, I guess like the Olympics, right, Tyler, where they, you know, years in advance, they pick where the championship is going to be. And they chose UVA and Panorama Farms uh, for, was it three years from now or four years from now, Chris? Is it three? Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be three, three. So why did, Four four championships from now. Got it. Why did they pick it? Why did they pick? Oh well, it's Vin Sanity, dude. It's like because that's what happens when Vin Lanetta comes to the East Coast. That's what happens. And, and everyone is saying it. Like there's been chatter all over the place that Vin's now at UVA. Panorama Farms has got to be in the picture, and he got yeah. it. When he moved and to coach- town, he like immediately like had a couple like community things and like he made it very clear he's like i already have like work on this bid like um and so like they already like were planning how they get panorama to work because there's things that need to change like so me me and mr murray have been talking about it a lot because like we knew this was on the radar but like um they need to change the like size of the start like it needs to be a lot wider 
And so like they've had to figure that out. Um, the straightaway has to be as close to possible as straight for a thousand meters. So like we're close to that panorama, but it needs to stay wider for longer. So mm. they have to figure out like how to get rid of tree lines and stuff like that. So there's a lot of planning that goes into this. The course needs to stay a certain width. They made that new course so it's more spectator friendly and less hilly. Like there's a lot of things that have gone into this that have been happening over the past two years. But yeah, it's awesome to see it actually come through. But um, yeah, if you know Vin, if you know his history, um, it was pretty clear that this was going to happen at some point. Um, but yeah, very, very exciting. And like Coach is saying, I hope every kid who's listening knows that college, they run longer than the 5K. So that's why they have to do all these these things in this. Um, uh, they run 10K, the championships, right? But women, what do they run? Do they run 10K as well or do they run 8K? They run 6K. 6K. Yeah. 6K. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then... But this isn't the first time Natty's has come to town, right, AJ? Yeah, like, do, do you want to take us back? Yeah, so 87, it was in Foxfield. And I think um, I might be skewing this story a little bit, but um, that year, Dartmouth, I think, finished second. Um, and so Dartmouth at that time was coached by Vin Lanana. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, so, like, he, like, made it clear once again that, like, he knew there was good – like, he didn't realize panorama was a thing. Like, he was thinking, oh, I got to figure out how to get Foxfield again. But then um, Mr. Murray tells a story, like, stepped on the panorama. He's like, oh, this is it. Like, this is where it's got to be, um, which is awesome. So, yeah, it's cool. It's a big deal. Um, for a while there, they weren't really changing around. So, like, from 2004 to 2016, it was only held at two different places. Terre Haute, Indiana, which is, like, panorama-specific cross-country course, actually has, like, permanent chain-link fences around it, like you would at a playground, um, like, waist-high around the whole thing, which is kind of cool, like, green. It's, it looks good, but, like, it's, like, permanently made for cross-country. And then Louisville... <laughs> Tom Sawyer Park held a bunch, but recently it's like given it to other stores. It was, it was in Wisconsin. Um, and then this year we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it's supposed to be in Stillwater. Obviously that's been postponed. Um, but um, we'll talk about that in our next segment, but yeah, anything else? That's Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Oklahoma state. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And like the cool thing, like we were talking about is like they're building. Right. And so like by 2023, I, we are predicting there'll be a national title contender, right? Maybe earlier, but like at least by then. Um, I mean, with the young guys they got right now, they're, and we were mentioning too that this might help with recruiting. So uh, only looking up at this point. I mean, they might as well just all top 10, just like the top 10 seniors every year. So you just go to UVA at this point. I'm going to throw throw out a hot take right now. (laughs) Will Mack is going to win the 2023 D1 National Championships on his home course, and it's going to be unbelievable. So be I'm shirt. coming home. So is he, is he redshirting? I'm gonna go ahead and put his money, put money on. No one's not. Today. I mean, unless he like, I mean, I'd be surprised if he's, he's running. Raced. He's not running. Oh, not right now. That's right. Gosh. Oh, Will guys, Mack, RIP. For people that are like, what are they talking about redshirting? What are they like? Um, disputing redshirting is when you don't like once a, in your four years you're allowed to redshirt which means you don't wear the singlets you train with the team but you don't actually run a race sometimes it's medical reason like you have an injury but sometimes like i just want to save a year for later so you could do a fifth year then where you as a distance runner will be better because you're older more developed um it's a lot of times especially freshmen that are de- more developing like trying to work into the college ranks a little bit and get used to it, they will redshirt you so they because they know you can't really help the team at this point, but in, in four years is a much better opportunity for you to make a big splash. So that's why I was saying redshirt junior. Cool. It's gonna be so exciting though. It's gonna be so much fun for this type of event to be in town, y'all. Adrian and Chris and I, and I can't wait to bring Tyler along, have watched so many track meets 
and we'll just count people run like 37 million laps around, you know, at night at UVA track. So it'll be cool to see like a real legit championship. You know what I mean? Like in our town, that's going to be so sweet. I think think it's cool because, and and Adrian obviously has the personal connection, but like the running is, is a, is a cornerstone of Charlottesville. And I think it is so cool. And I think the Lorenzoni's have done such a, uh, played such a huge role in building that culture. Um, And then so many other players have added on right i mean uva's had a pretty good history of having good cross-country and track programs uh the high schools have good cross-country and track and then oh, yeah with the community running i mean this is just well, another pass. piece that like leads us to be this like like hub of running in the east coast it's just it's so cool and i i think it's we are a deserving city of this and we that's to be super sassy see out. vegas yeah. this is our town baby this is our town <laughs> yeah and when i was you know, that's all true and um for me personally, like my favorite running event is the NCAA cross country championship. Like, like it is my favorite running event to watch every year. I just in the past four weeks, as I miss cross country so much, I've watched every they're all on YouTube. I've watched them all from the past few years, multiple times. Like I just love them and they do such a good job of doing the team scores. And like, like, it's just, I don't know. It's cross country at its peak. And that's what I was like, getting so excited about it. I was like, guys, this is, this is the peak of our sport. And you can say, oh, there's world championships every couple of years. That's, that's not our peak. Like that's kind of an exhibition thing where like people that are normally track guys or road guys are going to cross country for one race of the year, or one race every two years to do it. This is the peak of our sport. Like we are a cross country team and this is it. Like this is the best cross country out there on the team stage. And it's, I don't know, there's nothing more exciting to me. So, and it's a community thing, but like guys, we have pride. That's our home course. Like that is our home course. Panorama exists because of Almar. Okay, Rez, you're out. Okay, y'all, so. y'all have fun. I can't wait to listen yeah. to the rest of this. Um, Bye, y'all. But um, yeah, I mean, Panorama exists because of Almar cross country. Like Mr. Murray had a Joe Murray, his son, was a freshman at Almar, and he's like, I have a farm where we're gonna make a cross country course. And him and Mr. Wisend made the course before UVA was there. Like this is our course. That's why we have the Panorama Farms Project. And like, that is pride that is huge. Like I already emailed Vin and Coach Dunn being like, this is awesome. Like um, there's so much pride for our program with this. And more than that, we're lucky. It's going to get a lot better. Like <laughs> they, they have to build a road exiting the farm now in order to have this. So we're going to be able to enter from two different entrances now, potentially. Like, I don't know. Like it's going to change everything about Panorama Farms. Hopefully we don't get kicked out. Like I said, this is our course. We're not going to get kicked out, but um, no, it's it's exciting and I'm, I'm definitely obviously very jazzed about it. So, um, yeah. Well, anything to add about that before we move on? I mean, just stay tuned. We're going to, you know, we'll, we'll have, we'll have updates every month. We're like roads being built. Trees are getting taken down. I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, so, um, real quickly, um, um, Virginia Beach. I haven't read much about this, but I guess it in also. Classic Nolan Jazz. In classic Nolan Jazz, he follows up the biggest breaking news in the state of Virginia in track and field. With Virginia Beach is also getting some national championships in indoor track. So uh, is a big that's deal. also breaking news. Kind of cool, but nowhere near as cool as uh, as as But yeah, in 2025, D1 that will be there. Yeah, so Virginia Beach might be like indoor track. Virginia Beach. What you talking about? Like. Um, so it's just got finished. So it's oh, a hydraulic yeah, got- track. It's very similar to Liberty. Uh, so it's never been run on. Like this was the year that like potentially they might have meets there this year, but like this was the year it was going to be introduced. It's where our state meet's supposed to be this year. So if we 
get to that point, which hopefully we will, right? Um, that's where we'll run the state meet. Um, but yeah, it's brand new. So Boo Williams, goodbye. Hello, Virginia Beach. And they also have the uh, Sportsplex. Sportsplex. I don't running, know. Running oval. Is it is it part of a university or is it just? Uh, it's like a public, not a public, but it's like, like a big Y, basically. Like it's like a gym type of thing to go. Oh, no I thanks think, to anyone listening to this from the Virginia Beach area. It's it's, it's really awesome and high tech, but it's a lie. I, I should. <laughs> it's not attached to a school, I don't think, or anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So our next thing, kind of building off that, and I said we're going to talk about this in a sec, um, is so in Stillwater, they're supposed to at Oklahoma State, they're supposed to host um, the NCAA championships this coming year, and like I was going to have the article up, but I forgot to bring it up, so I'm not going to spend time searching for it now. But this is like Panorama, we feel like is like made for cross country. This, they literally have taken this place and put like millions of dollars into it to make it a cross country course. And like, it's got like, if you look at the map, it's got like, not only has the course mapped, but it has spectator trails. So you get from point to point. They literally have like water running underneath it at like throughout the whole course. And it's Bermuda grass, which is like golf course. I'm about to say, this is a golf course. It's <laughs> So basically, like all the stuff they put into a golf course, they put into this cross country course at Oklahoma um, State for nationals this year for Natty. So um, that's not happening this fall, but it's been moved to um, February, right? Is it February? It's sometime in the winter. Um, if you're, yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, you gotta look at pictures of this place. It is absolutely crazy. It, it looks like a golf course, but I, what I saw, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I saw the date March 15th um, that it's been moved to. Um, so maybe that maybe that's not right, but yeah, it's still water. No, that's right. That's right. March is right. Yeah, they put um, to March. I don't know about I, that. The number that I saw was they put four million dollars into it this year. So they put a lot of money into it, and then the land in general is twenty million dollars. That's what's priced at. So you can claim that you've run on literally twenty-five million dollars during a race, um, and they have different race courses so i think it's like a 2k 5k 8k 10k specific courses and stuff yeah, too it just looks yeah. it looks absolutely amazing it's like probably one of the best areas to run cross country in the whole yeah, country, it looks so. absurd like yeah. it's got um here you go it's one million square feet of astro bermuda grass um it's contains 1200 radio controlled radio controlled irrigation heads one for every 35 feet which keeps the coast course in pristine condition um built to last up to 60 years um has high density polyethylene irrigation piping throughout the whole course a new drainage system was designed along the whole perimeter of the course okay um and it has all those things that coach spaith said um i don't know so like why are we talking about it yes it's hosting nationals yes that's relevant but they're holding a meet okay um and up to this point most of the meets except for like one or two have been just interconference like ACC, like UVA, this Friday's racing Virginia Tech and Duke. Um, and they've raced North Carolina and Duke. And then they let waste, raced Wake in North Carolina, right? So it's all been like inner ACC matches. Well, this is huge. So if you've been following cross country, you have a general idea. Um, the, last year, BYU won its first national championship on the men's side. The three years before that, NAU won. And both those teams are in a conference that doesn't have sports right now, right? So their cross country season was out, but they got like some like permission, like some special permission to race cross country. So what is their one meet? They're flying to Stillwater and racing against each other 
on this course in its second meet ever, I think, or third meet ever, I don't know. But um, And not only that, but the team that finished one point behind NAU last because NAU finished second in Colorado is running all their runners unattached because they legally can't race. <laughs> so we're having this meet that like no one knew was going to happen against the reigning national champions, the team that got second to them, and the team that got third, and that team that got second had won the three previous national championships before, and it's a bitter rivalry. And they're racing all their top guns. It's, I don't know. So I, I just rambled there, but um, Cantona, you, you got to be excited for this. I mean, I mean I, you, this, is, this is everything that you could hope and dream. Like, I mean, this is, this is, this is like, this feels like the bubble. Yeah. Like, this feels like the NBA bubble. Like, yeah. like three teams are rolling out to this fancy new, new sports flex. Not particularly new sports flex. Um, I just want to say that word. You just like that word. I love it. Uh, and they're, like, duking it out. And, and the thing is, what, what, what is awesome is that, uh, like, these teams are all still really good. Like, it's not like they lost everyone. It's not like they're a bunch of has-beens. It's not like they had, you know, you know, BYU and NAU lost all their best runners. Like, NAU's returning, what, six? Six of their BYU seven. BYU is technically returning four. And it's got Connor Mance, who's the who's the top returner in the NCAA. Like, these are big guns coming out. And, and then, BYU- randomly, John Dressel has another year who's the second best returner. He's been at Colorado for at least 12 years. I don't know, like – the Perry Ellis of, of cross country <laughs> and John Dressel. Yeah, that's no, but yeah, yeah. So from, from like last year's nationals, we got we got three returning, we got number seven returning, we got number twenty two. So this is going to be stacked. But uh, two questions I got is one, how how can we watch this if we can, and then two, how does it work if you run unattached? That sounds really sketchy, and that sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how they're pulling this off. I don't know, like, how Colorado is allowed to be shipping their guys out there to run unattached. I don't know what that means. Are they paying for it themselves? Like, what? But anyways, it's sadly not streaming. Like, I listened to the Flow Track talk about it, um, and they were talking about how they wanted to go there and just, like, run, film it themselves and post it, but, like, they're not sure if they're allowed to be there. I don't know if they're allowing spectators. If we find a stream, we'll send it out, but it sounds like as of now, and I checked the website, there's no stream. Uh, but, yeah, as Cantone was saying – um NAU's returning six they were the heavy favorites going into last year and if you look at their track times and what the guys have done in the past especially what they ran after they were like should have won it in a lot of ways but they just got out slow it was muddy and they couldn't move up and they just never win the race and BYU you know they did lose their two and three runners and like we said they lost three of their top seven but they got this thing called Casey Klinger um the two-time NXN championship winner who was like, oh, maybe he wasn't good in college. He won in 15 and 16. You're like, that's a long time ago. Well, he got 24th as a freshman, true freshman, which is like the number one freshman of the year. And then he went on his two-year mission um, and he's back and trained for a year. Like he could have raced last year, but he trained for a year. And now he's Casey Cleaner. So what does that mean? I don't know. But I think it's scary, whatever it is. So like that's that is the magic of BYU. You've probably heard about this a lot with the football team, where they field like a football team whose average age is like twenty three and a half. It's the exact same for the running team. They go on their Mormon mission. They got two years doing their doing their thing, and then they come on back, and they're just as good as when they left. Now they're usually better. So like, um, and so like that's the thing is like maybe they lost three guys, but like I'm not gonna lie to you. The year before was the year BYU was supposed to win. 
And they had all these guys that were really good on the track, like Connor, what's his name, Connor McMillan, and like yeah. Rory Linkletter, like all these guys that were like perennial All Americans on the track. And now it was their year, and they all left. And then all of a sudden, there's these new guys that I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, a lot of the guys that were on the team last year, they left. I don't even know who those dudes were. And I still don't. But like, um, they got a really good coach in Ed Eyestone. Not in my mind, Mike Smith is still the best NAU coach, but, um, but like, they have um, Aiden Troutner, right? Who won yep. in 2018 NXN. He was on his mission for two years, I think. Like, he hasn't raced for them, and he's raced tomorrow or Friday. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of this hack that they can do with their sports, but those, those missions are no joke at all. Yeah, you so are, they, you're working that. Yeah, I don't, they're not running on the mission. I made it seem like they were, they're not, but yeah, it's a, uh, well, I mean, they, they're probably training somehow, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. So yeah, Although, uh, Tyler, I can't, this is bad podcasting, but that cat sitting behind you is killing me. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, Tyler had this cat that was like facing away from us eating and kept looking behind him like furtively. <laughs> uh, what's that cat's name? uh abita 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 yeah he uh he owns this house so the fruit i could tell he looked very upset that we were talking <laughs> so we're, i've been taking his room during all this uh covid teaching and he's pretty pissed <laughs> off so yeah and um that's awesome so like i think the last thing yeah i love the byu team i really like their coach at Eyestone. i'm a huge nau fan sadly nico young who is considered one of the best high school runs of all time, graduated last year, um, ran 757 indoors for the 3K, right? Um, one NXN by like a landslide. He's not on the start list, so I don't know what's going on. But do you see who is? His teammate, Jace, is running unattached for Colorado. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, are you ready for my hot take? Jace is going to be better in college than Nico. That's my hot take. Nico Young, what? Just, just for fun to say that? Uh, I think Nico Young strides a little funky. <laughs> I think he's a beast. I think he overtrained. I think Jace was just chilling in the back. I think when you look at Jace and you look at his progression, he's progressing at a rate. Like Nico Young, no, Nico Young's not. I think he's still gonna be good, but Jace is gonna be better. That's my that's my maybe you're right, but it ain't because one got overtrained and the other one didn't, considering they did the same they thing. They both, yeah, they both. <laughs> but he was just sitting off, he was just sitting off the back. He, like he could have been, he was just like Sorry. chilling. So Jace was Nico Young was on Newberry Park's team. They won the national championship at NXN last year. Jace was the number two and was like the best number one, two in the country. And it was like really, really good. So he's running for Colorado. So that's what we're disputing. But um, yeah. Um, and then I think the cool thing is um, Isaiah Rodriguez or Isay Rodriguez. I don't know how to say his um, first name, but he's was fourth at NCAA as a true freshman and he didn't race last year. And so he's racing. Um, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so... And it's, not, and it's not streaming, so we just get to see the results and freak out. <laughs> Wonder yeah. how everyone ran. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds like my weekend's plan. We got to uh, sneak into Stillwater, Oklahoma, and film. There we yeah. go. Guys, we, to, we leave now. We can make it. <laughs> yeah. if we Road trip. I'll, I'll pick you guys up in a little bit. I know where the um, spectator trails are. I got a map, so we'll figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Don't mess up the irrigation system. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the drainage. Um, <laughs> anyways um so we're, we're we've made this longer than maybe but um the world half marathon championships this saturday in poland um a lot of the same guys um you guys want to talk about it real quick we're not gonna spend too much time talking about this but i mean the big one is it will joshua cheptegay break break the world record yeah which is i mean at this point it's a why not will i will he i, I don't think i don't think he will but you know why not sure he'll break it whatever 
Yeah, if he does that, that's like the mic drop of like a uh, six week span, right? Like that's it, or whatever. It's been two months. I don't know. It's oh been- yeah. Oh well, it's like it's like when um. It, I'm reminding of when Dalen Rutt went on that tear in indoor. It's like way, way cooler, but it's like he like broke the 5K, the two mile, and then he DNF'd in the mile. And he's just, it was like the most, just the biggest crap out. And I'm like, Dude, please. You remember his cuboid bone or something like popped out? Or maybe it was another, maybe it was the two mile. It was one of those races. Because he said that. All I remember is like he had, after both records, he did these workouts. And one was like a four mile temper on a treadmill at like 445 pace or something silly. But the next one was like, I didn't forget which one was after, like it was a two mile five, but he did like three by mile or four by mile. Yeah. And he was like down to like four lows for him. Um, yeah. No, he like slowed up at the end and ran like 402. Oh, this reminds me, guys. Sorry, I'm tangenting, but I really wanted to bring this up. Luis Grijalva, who's like long haired, really cool, chill, and a you guy, like. Um, like, I don't know, just seems like a cool dude, had a really bad cross-country race. Like, he was supposed to be one of the best guys in the country and finished, what did he finish, like 50? 52nd. Yeah, 52nd. Well, he had run, like, 743 indoors for 3K, was, like, one of the fastest times ever, was ready to do well at Nationals. And what happened the day before Nationals? They canceled it. So, supposedly, he flew home to altitude, okay? And they used that flagstaff, so it was, like, really high up there. And so it's harder to run fast for anything aerobic. And he decided he was going to time trial a mile. So he got Theo Quacks to pace him in a mile. And he ran 402 at altitude at Flagstaff, which is the fast time ever at Flagstaff. And it's equivalent of a 353 if you use the altitude conversion. Of course. That's what Ty- I was in this Tyler Day podcast. And that's what he said. I'm like, what? How is this story not like legendary? What? That's insane. And we know, based on Christian Serratos, <laughs> that altitude conversions are real. We know they're real. That was yeah. the only thing, right? Because he was Montana State, and he ran like 4 yeah, or something, and they're like, that converts to a 355. And everyone was like, well, he can't run that. And then he ripped and beat everyone, except for that shows. Yeah, so, That's insane. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, yeah. The Christian Serratos thing, for sure. Yeah, so in college, if the race is at altitude, they convert it. If it's on a slower indoor track, they convert it. Like, they have conversions that we don't have in high school in. Yeah, 353. That's pretty dope. That's like pretty good or whatever. So, anyways, the world half champs, we wouldn't normally talk about them more, but we're going to carry over to college. And we want to give you now, if you don't like basketball, you could turn it off now. Um, but we want to give you what you've all been waiting for um, a breakdown of the NBA finals. Um, you know, I was into it. Um, but um, th- these um, two other coaches were definitely into it too. So, um, what are we going to talk about? I mean, Coach Bates, what, what do you want to tell you? You're the wild card here. I mean, so we Coach Corzoni and I have had some pretty heated conversations about the National Basketball Association. Very heated. We, <laughs> we can take this a lot of places. Uh, we could start with the Lakers because I guess they won, unfortunately. But <laughs> you guess you guess they won. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm still I'm still coping with it. So uh, LeBron and AD. I mean. There's a good discussion for, I don't know if it's even a discussion, the best duo of all time, right? One-two punch. I mean. You yeah, know, there's like a few that go up against it, right? There's Shaq and um, Kobe, right? But Kobe wasn't at his peak then. Shaq was at his peak. That's always the argument. Michael. Jordan, Shaq, Pippen. Yeah. Um, I think like um, they always say like was Magic and Kareem that? But like Kareem was old, Magic was young, right? Um, 
and then maybe some other ones. I'm not the biggest NBA historian, but like there's not many that can compete with what LeBron and AD were this playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, LeBron is a superhuman, so he might be playing in five more years, but I guess the only thing against them is they might only have like two or three years together, but uh, what they did was, was pretty impressive and what they might do next year is, could be even more impressive. So, yeah, um, I feel like AD's got more, like he's still inconsistent, right? Like he will have a crazy good game and then he'll kind of disappear for a game and have a crazy good game. And like, I think he's only going to get better. And somehow LeBron might be like his best playoff version yet or close to it. Right. Right. I mean, he's, I mean, he is, he, I think the thing that always blows my mind is like how he, and I guess the team like responded to the bad games. Like they lost two games, you know, they dropped two to, and Jimmy Butler played out of his mind. Dude's a freak. Like, and then they responded by just like putting the clamps on him. And in game six, I mean, they, I mean, that was like one of the best defensive games, at least through three quarters, like, at least in the playoffs, I, in recent history, I mean, it was unbelievable. They put on a clinic, right? Especially in that second quarter. And yeah, like, I, I do like think for- the Heat were done, like physically. Like I think, like I think they there was no like it wasn't they weren't it was a really good defensive game, but I don't think they were playing the same Heat team they were playing two days ago. Before. No, the Heat played like why? Why did they let Goran Dragic onto the court? That's my question. Yeah, yeah it was, was like it? it was like that. It had the same feeling as like. When you watch like a soccer team or a basketball team that's about to win states, and they have someone that's been hurt, I remember this happened at Almar a couple years ago, and they like let the person that's been injured all season like onto the field when they already have one. You know, like that's what it kind of felt like with him. It's like you're not actually doing anything, right? Like, I mean, the only thing he'd be doing is giving people rest. Like that was really yeah. the only thing. It was like if you're a serviceable one-two, we can give some of our players like thirty seconds. But the thing was, it didn't matter. Because Jimmy Butler from the beginning, he didn't have, he didn't have the legs, and that was and that was the thing. And I think that's what I think that's what's always so surprising is that we see transcendent performances by a player, and like it's, it's like like LeBron, you go, well, other players must be able to replicate this in a long like over a period of time, but we find that like other players just can't do that like for like three or four games in a row. And he's had series where you're like, that dude averaged like 35, 13 and ten, like. And it's just, and he just does, and it's it freaks me out. I think the bubble, I think Corona helped him though. Out of all the horrible things that have happened, he got five months to get his body right, and then I was like, "New Year, new me." Like, as you I can tell, give I'm a, a LeBron uh, fan. I love LeBron, so I'm very happy. <laughs> I want to give also if if people listen to the Ringer, well, yeah. uh, I'm looking up the Ringer right now. By the, the, way. the in the um, Bill Simmons podcast, they interviewed Jared Dudley. Which is yeah. so funny because, like, of all people, but he was actually very impressive. And he was talking about the bubble and the Lakers and everything. It was it was a pretty cool insight to everything going on. So, what what were some of the highlights? Um, I've only listened to maybe the first uh, twenty minutes, but they talk a lot about uh, the infamous or the famous wine cellar. So uh, the, the wines that they were trying in the bubble, and then I guess the first like week. They, they didn't wine. really have the they didn't have the chefs coming in um, because they had to be you know like keep the bubble and stuff so they were eating like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and they were about to have like a, a riot because the players were like we can't do this um, but yeah it was it was pre- pretty interesting so I'll definitely finish in a bit but what do we think about the Heat? I love the Heat. 
Um, as we said, that last game was disappointing. Um, but um, I don't know. I think they're exciting. I think they're young, right? I think they got swagger. And I'm a massive Jimmy Butler fan. So um, I don't know. I think he kind of proved himself worthy after like being doubted his whole career. And he probably still will be doubted after this. But yeah, if you guys want to talk about that. but Yeah, I'm trying to think about, I'm trying to think about like what they would need to do next year to get over the hump like to to like be able to replicate because the lakers they don't really need to do anything like they've got lebron and ad and then they just continue to find little role players and like they might fill out their bench and they're like still fine they might even be better than last in this past year but i'm wondering like what the heat are going to need to do to like like bring in that extra piece to to like to be able to to challenge because they just didn't have all of the pieces. It was the difference. I it was the difference between having like well, all stars and having like superstars. Like yeah, I think players. I think if Goran Dragic and but um, Bam hadn't got hurt that first game, it would have been a different series. Like completely. I I do not. I, I think I think that I think I like I I, I the Lakers would have won in six. They they no, like. I don't think you can. I, I mean, I disagree. I see what you're saying. But like Dragic was their best player in the um, series before. He was a leading scorer. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and Bam like took like three games to get back to where he was like a presence inside. Right. Like even that like game four when he came back, he still wasn't the same person. So like I think there's a lot of what ifs, and I think that's not fair. I guess not taking anything away from the Lakers. But like Bam's going to be a year older. Tyler's going to be a year older. And Duncan's going to be a year older. And like I think the real question though, is not like do they have the other pieces is was this bubble magic like was this the magic of the bubble of them like having this culture that was really clicking and not mm-hmm. having any other distractions and like young players like being confident and like did the bubble take things away from the bucks and did they take things away from the clippers right like all these teams are like potentially yeah. with home court advantage would have had a different vibe like i don't know like will this be replicated outside that's like a lot of the questions people yeah. ask will this be replicated outside the bubble by the heat that was one of the big theories that actually Jared Tudley talks about as well, that if you look at the teams that made it into the final four, they all had really solid chemistries, right? And then you look at a team like the Clippers, who we could say probably has the best roster in the NBA, just if you look at the players. Again, that's arguable, but it's one of the top ones. Their culture was kind of off, and, you know, they bowed out pretty quickly. So, I mean, we could also do a whole podcast just on Jimmy Butler, but, uh, I mean, his image now, is he's on top of the world so I mean I, I just want to go briefly into the you should listen to his light or look up his life story but he has this Timberwolves story over uh the summer when he was requesting to leave where he comes into the gym and grabs all the like bench warmers and scrimmages all the starting guys and just like plays like it's game six of the NBA finals and just like starts yelling at the GM telling him like you're bleeping nothing, all this stuff. Yeah. And he was known as like this selfish dude, but with the heat, like, I think he just proved that he wants to play. Like he doesn't care if you're a first round pick, he doesn't care like if you're undrafted, he just wants to play with people. Right. Uh, so I don't know. You, you could do, you could do a whole book on Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Please. I mean, like real quickly, his story is he was um, kicked out of his house when he was 13. Right. Um, so he was homeless. So he lived the rest of high school on couches, went to Juco so it wasn't good enough to get like recruited by any D1 programs. Went to JUCO, 
got drafted or recruited by Marquette by my boy Buzz Williams, the tech, Texas old coach. Um, and then what was he, 30th in the draft? Is that what we said? Um, yeah, 30th. And then, like, yeah, he's like gone from he was at the Bulls for a while, and then he was at the Timberwolves, right? Then he went to the Sixers, and the Sixers are the ones really like pissed at themselves because they let him go, right? Um, but yeah, it's kind of like the MJ thing, whereas he has a high expectation. If the players aren't meeting it, he's going to come across as a jerk. But he, like, I read this article about him during the bubble, and he had like a Michigan player and another younger player under his wings and his like trainer. And they would literally wake up at like four o'clock every day, like every day. And like, there's just no excuses with him at all. And like, because of what he's had to work through his whole life to get to where he is, he doesn't want to hear it from anyone. If he does, he just has no time for it. Right. Um, That's why I think, I mean, they're, the tea leaves right now are the whole Giannis story. Right. Um, I think just personality wise, they fit really well. Just Giannis's life story coming from, Oh yeah. Greece didn't grow with a lot of money. I mean, he seems like he is very humble considering he's a superstar and everything just puts in the work and stuff. And I think honestly, Jimmy could help him with the stuff in his head too. I think once he gets to the playoffs, sometimes the stuff in his head keeps him back, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And the, and the, and the cool thing about the Giannis is, yeah, that's interesting. Thing about The cool thing about the NBA next year is like, there's a lot of things that like didn't exist this year. Right one thing is the Warriors, right? Are they going to be able to be the team they were before Kevin Durant? Now that Kevin Durant's gone, right? Sadly, I'm not a big Andre Wiggins fan, um, right? Because of, he was the dude on the other side of the Timberwolves story, right? Like, um, knowing that, like, really kind of brings it down a notch. Isn't that true? Like, wasn't he the one, like, on Yeah, it was Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. I think Carl Anthony Towns, right? Both I think Carl Anthony Towns is the one that's, like, really just, like, not he doesn't have the juice he's well the the issue with him is he's all uh good stats losing team yeah yeah so anyway so the warriors come back um can the clippers actually make a click in season two like the lakers took to like season two with lebron right um and they'll have a new coach um and then the big one that no one's really talking about because like there's doubt with it i think but like what if Kyrie and kd somehow click because kd for while there was the best player in the world right and yes he was on the warriors but like he's considered like top three scorers of all time in the league if not like the best like just like off the ball like score maker right like um off the ball like on the ball right yeah i mean i mean i think the i think the big question will be how will Kyrie respond to someone like kd because i think i think Kyrie after the the cap like was clamoring to be in charge and i think for the last few years he's proven that he he doesn't quite have it to be like that person who is like the dude. And now that he has KD, who will assume that role, I would hope, like, will he, will he respond the way he did with LeBron? Where like, he was hitting big late game shots, but I mean, any, anyone who was in that organization is like, oh yeah, like LeBron was the big, was the, was the dude. And like, he like allowed Kyrie to, like he gave Kyrie that confidence and sort of like gave him an opening. Like, will, like what will happen with, also, do they have a new coach or no? Yeah, it's Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. That's right. Oh, and how is Steve Nash going to do? Yeah, that's Why the next not? big thing. But then they have come out like, so Kyrie and like Katie, I think basically picked him. And it was a big drama because he has zero coaching experience. Like that's he's worked in the front one. office and he's one of the best point guards of all time. Like two-time MVP, right? Like everyone loves Steve Nash. All his teammates love Steve Nash. Everyone that works with Steve Nash loves Steve Nash. 
but like I remember reading some articles saying they were saying like, well, we don't really have a coach. Like, like, like we're all like, and that's not gonna work. Well, that right? was yeah, that was the Kyrie. Like, like I was okay not having a coach. Like I was totally fine. Like we we're just gonna coach ourselves. You're like, that's not what you want to hear from, you know. At least do it like LeBron and just like pretend to have a coach for a little bit. Vogel, greatest coach of all time. I was reading about too, like the least appreciated championship winning coach of all time. Maybe Frank Vogel. Like I was listening to some podcasts and they're like, I bet the average fan doesn't know who the coach of the Lakers is. Do y'all know where he coached before the Lakers? You don't think Spolstra's less like appreciated than Frank Vogel? And he Yeah. He doesn't get much love either, but at least he had – he was the coach for the Miami teams with, like, the big three and everything, right? Yeah, I'm I mean, saying, like, he, he doesn't, doesn't get – I don't think he gets any credit for that. Though. Well, Spoke was yeah. so young. Like, that was the thing. Like, his, his thing was, like, he was young. Ty Lue was was new. Dave Blatt was new. Like, Vogel's been around. He's, he like, Pacers, been a coach right? for a long he, time. Hibbert and all them. Like, he was the Pacers, yeah. Coach, right? Yeah, and, like, he, so he's been around, and they, like, hired Frank Vogel, and they're like, ah, oh, and Frank Vogel's here. Cool. Like <laughs> – Poor I, I don't guy. know why they got rid of, rid of Luke Wallen. I mean, <laughs> you love Luke Wallen. Take him to the car and like, get out. <laughs> what I'm really looking forward to is uh, this post-COVID world, the new Kyrie Irving conspiracy theories. So we know we know he's a, a flat earther. <laughs> Big time. But I'm not sure after COVID what he's going to say about, you know, like putting bleach into yourself and all that type of stuff. So we'll, It'll be a lot. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> really, nervous. It's funny because you hear Kyrie talk and you're like, this dude's actually really smart. And then you yeah. read about him being a flat earther. And- <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, maybe. And there's a little tiny party that's like, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Kyrie's interesting because like he has all this stuff that like frustrates you about him, right? But like, and you hear interviews with him. I'm like, I, I like this dude a lot. Like, I like Kyrie. Um, oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing is, like, it, it takes – it's one thing to be, like – it's one thing to be someone who's, like, got a good persona. It's another to be, like, a team player. Like, it's the Jimmy Butler thing. Like, Jimmy Butler, like – It's a good player. Everyone the wrong way. But it was the dude who was, like, I want to win, and I, I'm going to yeah. bring you up with me if you're not with me, right? Kyrie is the one who, like, says – and has got, you know, a really good way of saying stuff. And then clearly, like, behind the scenes, you're like, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know if you have it. Also, he's going to get injured. That's just a matter of when. And, and, and I guess the big question is, did Katie recover, right? Um, so. um, anyways, we really talked a lot about the NBA. I could talk all – I love the NBA so much. Um, but that was fun. So college cross-country, the world half marathon champs are happening. Um, and then um, – um, and then, and then we, we didn't even give the LeBron MJ debate, which I'm glad because that would take. Yeah. And we're not going well, to. We're not going to. I almost brought it up with LeBron and AD, but we'll we'll stay away from that. Yeah, oh, it, but, the big thing is like it's actually a debate now. So. Um, oh, it's. It's already 9:30. We can't. Have <laughs> oh man! Well, that was fun. Okay. Uh,